If you have not checked out the new Momofuku flavors of instant noodles, you should. The sweet and spicy, very similar to the Korean bibim salsa you might get on bibim naengmyeon or bibim bap, and spicy chili. So while we have a chili flavor, this is a different version of spice. It's got different heat notes. It's got different, I wouldn't say spices in general. It's currently, I'm, I'm going to say this, even though you're not supposed to say who's your favorite kid. It's my favorite right now. Do I have a favorite child of mine? Right now, maybe. No. Yes. <laughs> you can also get a great discount code at majordomamedia.com by signing up for our Discord channel. There is a 10% off discount code. If you sign up for our Discord community for Momofuku goods at shop.momofuku.com, or you can visit us at a Whole Foods, Target, or any great supermarket near you. That should be carrying our stuff, including our chili crunch, our salts and spices, etc. We just filmed some entity content at our studio yesterday, and there's 10% off any day. And Chris swears that he returned the extra large dish. You know, I, I swear I did, but I went home to double check it. It's not in my house, so I brought it back. Some cool stuff coming from any day. We can't talk about it quite yet, but some, there's some But we will, and we'll ruin it for their marketing department. <laughs> and um, important to note, yesterday... Chris and I tasted something very, very delicious from Athletic Brewing. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of things that are coming down. I can't talk about it. And in fact, I asked, can I make a social media post about it? And they said no. Or Noel (laughs) said no. But I'm thinking I could do like a a control tower flyby and maybe do it. Negative. That pattern is full. (laughs) We'll see. It doesn't have a name yet, but it is very, very tasty and something you can drink 25 of in one day. Yeah, especially when it was 100 degrees yesterday. Oh, my God. And uh, something that we've been drinking a lot of this summer, iced coffee, iced Cometeer coffee, $40 off. That's your first order of Cometeer. It's a game changer. Yeah, now I feel like a coffee snob. (laughs) I've joined the coffee snobs. And 15% off East Fork Pottery. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Winger Podcast Network, presented by Major Demo Media. Thank you, Yolatango, as always. We are joined with Chris Ying today. Hooray! Who's Woo. got his own um, Ying Cooks the Internet. We'll talk about that in a second. We're going to go a word of our day. Three things I think about, and then we're going to get into a slice of life about the airspace. When you are traveling on an airplane, hmm. a personal airspace that is coveted, and I will protect with my fucking life. We're going into an Ask Dave, and then we're going to talk about our producers' European vacation to Stockholm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then an abbreviated MOIF. But before I get into that, and before we talk to Ying, I just wanted to say, so for the past five weeks, Bill Simmons has been on hiatus, summer break. Even though he's done a couple, he can't stop himself. The podfather can't stop himself from making a podcast here or there. So I've been listening to wherever, whatever else I can, and 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 I'm gearing up. I've not, I've decided not to join uh, my a, a very expensive fantasy team this year, and I should talk about that league. It's got a salary cap, luxury tax, all kinds of things. It's a very cool league that I've taken myself out of for three, four years, but it's a whole nother story. I won't talk about that. But I'm in another league. Actually, with the Podfather himself. So I was like, I'm, I've reduced from like eight leagues to just one. Mm-hmm. That is not high stakes. 
But I was listening because I drive a lot now, and I was listening to the Ringer NFL podcast mm-hmm. show. Trying to get it's boned got, up for uh, the draft. Craig, uh, who does the the town, what it's, it's awesome podcast with Matt Bellany. He produces that. He produces uh, the rewatchables. And he got Danny Heifetz and a couple other individuals that I don't know. But I've been listening to it because I've been trying to like just kill some time and understand what's been going on with the world of football. You know, I'm just going to say this hot take here, and I'm not saying this is true. You might have sense it's in the fam. <laughs> They have one of the worst takes on food. On August 17th, if you go like 10 minutes left in the podcast, if you travel all the way towards the end and they do a mailbag at the end, they take, uh, they have a hot take on food. And they're like kids too, by the way. They're like, they, they, they seem like they're adults because like a couple of people are married. They're in the late 20s. But basically, they were born in like 2002, right? <laughs> so I, I can't fault them for having immature views on food. What was what was the uh, precipitating question? What was the question they were? Asking? I can't even remember. Okay, but it, it started off with imitation crab meat being in marketing, and I like these guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Craig used to be an intern with the very first year we did this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, they talk about imitation crab meat. It's delicious. They talk. Mm-hmm. They they disparage lobster and crab. You can disparage lobster all you want, but don't fucking talk shit about it. <laughs> Don't talk shit about crab. They say it's a disgusting animal. They get squeamish about cooking a live lobster. All right. Okay. They take a giant shit on oysters. Okay. And one of the guys grew up in western coast of Washington State and didn't have their first oyster until Indianapolis, what I assume at the <laughs> NFL combine. Those lovely Indianapolis just, oysters. Just, just d- disparaging what I believe the perfect food in the world. The nature's perfect food is the oyster. Disparaging as, disgu- as disgusting. The- it's mucus. It's phlegm. I know. Dude. So really, it's, I, I'm not trying to like talk about nitpicking here or there. I wanted to get to my central thesis here. They, one of the guys says, they don't eat seafood. They fin- find fish to be repulsive and gross. Same, probably the same guy that uh, doesn't like oysters, but they like sushi. This is very similar to, again, King Fight Tam saying, that's a, a logical flaw in your argument, Dave, <laughs> in my senior thesis. What? I was like, huh. You don't like fish. You don't like salmon. But you eat sushi. The reason I bring this up, and then we'll move on, because there's no rebuttal from this team. I find it to be potentially uh, problematic that they give fantasy football advice. Mm. And if they're not able to discern quality mm-hmm. in some of the finest foods on earth, mm-hmm. and they have logical flaws mm-hmm. in their love of seafood, but they'll, or dislike of seafood, but they'll eat sushi, I'm just throwing it out there. It's quite possible that their rankings and their fantasy knowledge may be flawed. I mean, that, that is sound logic. If they can't tell the difference, if one of them cannot tell the difference between or the lack of difference between seafood and sushi, how can you trust them to give you advice on which wide receiver to take? I know. Just be like, I don't know the difference between a wide receiver and a tight end. I'm just saying. Note to self. And I'd love to have those guys on to talk about their dislike of seafood. We love you guys. <laughs> but seriously, we, 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 that, that's just one of the dumbest things I've ever fucking heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. That's really bad. I mean, 
Here's the thing. We could talk about fantasy football, I think, pretty, pretty accurately. Mm-hmm. Just as much, you know, I mean, there's the, we could, I, I think Our we know takes a lot on about fantasy sports. football would not be as bad as, there you go. I don't like seafood, but I eat sushi. I mean, what, what the fuck? <laughs> what is that? All right. If we've alienated all our listeners already, we apologize. Here's one thing that I wonder if they even know a word of the day. Exculpate. Is Exculpate is to like relieve of guilt? Is that something like that? Or like kind of like close. exonerate of something of, of guilt? You think that I know the answer? Well, you're looking at it. <laughs> no, I didn't read it. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. You think I know the definition of the word? How much would you bet? Hmm. Well, you did refer to it as exculpate, which is usually something that you do when you know a word, but you've never had to say it out loud. So I'm going to say, I think you know it. Absolutely not. <laughs> I had no idea what the fuck that meant. In fact, I did think that it was pronounced exculpate. Exculpate? Exculpate. How would you even know that? How would I know what exculpate means? Show or declare that someone is not guilty of wrongdoing. You know what another way to say that is? Not guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that is another way. I guess, I guess your objection to a lot of words is that there's already a word for it. Correct. <laughs> so why do we need another one? Correct. Which when you think Which about Which also it, explains my low verbal SAT score. <laughs> but it makes sense because when you think about our, our little field of interest, there's only so many ways to say delicious. Delicious. <laughs> there's do delicious. We can say delicious. that. No one else can. <laughs> FYI. If you're thinking, can I say that word? No. No, you cannot. <laughs> not for you. That's... If you're saying, yeah, that's how my family says it, you can say that. Right. If you if somebody you're directly related to says that unironically, you can say it. Yeah. Is that the social media clip for the episode? <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many so many ways to pronounce delicious. Yeah, I had no idea. Exculpate. How would I even know? Is it going to stick with you now? I'm sure it's Latin, but guess what? I'm the only student in my high school's history to not get an AP credit in Latin. Four years of Latin. Not a surprise. You take four years of Latin? I have to. I had no choice. Oh, man. Yep. Exculpate. Exculpate. One of the most delicious charcuteries available. By a famous charcuterie family (laughs) in Lyon, France. Exculpate. Do you think it'll stick with you? Are these words of the day sticking with you? It's possible. Are you learning I'm some gonna, of Again, we're not only going to take an IQ test. We are also going to take an SAT test. I would love to do that. I'm going to start so bad. I'm going to go to Kumon. I'm going to go to a Kaplan Center. I'm going to prepare for this SAT test. I think I might get 900. <laughs> Truly. You can't test. You can't study. I don't want to take the SAT. The math is going to be so bad. If you didn't study, what would you get? I didn't study for an SAT like today. If you just surprised me with an SAT test, is honestly, it, is it out of sixteen hundred again? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I get eight hundred, nine hundred. I think the math would get trip like me up. Fourteen hundred. I wouldn't get a fourteen hundred today. Nerd. I wouldn't get a fourteen hundred today. Nerd. I would get like a twelve. We think you know probably would get twelve hundred. Now nah, fourteen hundred. What a big, what old, big old nerd? He's a, yeah. He's too. He's too close to the SAT. I he know. like remembers some math and I, I stuff. I know. I know. He even knows what exculpate means. <laughs> is he? Is he just finding these words? He's just deciding what they are. I think he dreams about them. You know, I think he's got word of the. When day he looks at paper. the roof of the uh, ceiling, you see, I don't even know roof and ceiling. They're different. <laughs> when he looks at the ceiling, when he looks at the roof of the ceiling, <laughs> <laughs> when he looks at the ceiling, he sees words. Yeah. He's a uh, queen's gambiting it. 
I got you. Yeah. I think I think I would get a 1,200. You you would break 1,000. No. I know you would no. break 1,000. I definitely would not break 1,000. And I would try. We have to, should we do it? I don't want to do it. I just want to be... I don't, what's there to gain? We're just going to I would dumb. finish it in 30 minutes. <laughs> I just, it's not like a bonus. Your picture doesn't go on the wall if you finish the test in 30 minutes. I'd be like, boring. <laughs> All right, exculpate. Exculpate. All right, let's take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Three things. So, this is a surprise. I'm reading this right now. Three languages I wish I spoke fluently. Ooh. Not frequently. They say, same, same I thing. speak French same very frequently. If I spoke it fr- fluently, I'd probably speak them frequently. <laughs> I speak French pretty frequently, but not fluently. I would definitely want to speak French. Yeah, for sure. I'd probably want to speak Korean fluently as well. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to pretend that I'm Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, man. I the Chinese restaurant. I'm <laughs> like, hao, no, 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 Korean. Ni hao. <laughs> and hopefully they don't ask anything else in Mandarin. <laughs> If I just say, ni hao, right. they're be like, okay. I told you about the restaurant. I tried to pull that off, though. Like, in that, the, the a restaurant that was in um, somewhere in Koreatown, like, those, like, skewers or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, no. I don't speak Korean. And then they just started speaking Chinese to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, I'm you're dead. Fucked, you're fucked, I'm dead. You're fucking dead. All right, so French, because, just because it's like, Because I would be the worst French speaker of all time. <laughs> no, in the sense that not, I would speak fluently, I would be so snotty. Mm. I would go to, I would just eat at French restaurants. And just wait for them and to. wait for them to say shit. Or, <laughs> or like order the most ridiculous bottles of wine because now I am positive about the pronunciation. <laughs> French is an expensive language to oh, speak, man, it sounds like. I would like. speak the shit out of that language. That'd be fun. I would only speak French. That would be fun. And imagine... Where I could turn on the English-French accent. Fuck, man, that would be good. So your first two are both, both of these decisions are based entirely on sort of like getting one over your servers at restaurants. Yeah. What is your third one? The last one is not necessarily a language and it ties to speaking Korean. So I'm going to take Korean off the map. I'm going to go French, one. Okay. I will go, it's got to be like a real esoteric language, like Latvian. Why? Just so people like, <laughs> You would be waiting your entire life. So it's for the like you know, people read your CV. You're like, Latvia. <laughs> and what, what's the reason for that? You're like, okay, here I'll do you one better. Why not just write on your CV that you speak Latvian? <laughs> Who's going to test you? <laughs> Who's going to call you out? There's a company I'm working with, and one of the the brilliant minds behind it is uh, went to Oxford, graduated when he was like 15. 
he's taught himself um what's the language called uh babylonian but there's a language the it's more of like a hieroglyphics he learned it in like 15 days i swear to god that what? kind of stuff. he's too smart <laughs> i can't do that shit right okay. no one's gonna assume that you speak latvian because like, you learned that in like five weeks right it's not gonna happen just any pick any language that no one would ever ever associate with me which is basically sure. any language other than english but sure. you know farsi we're like well you speak farsi yeah we're like yeah why yeah. why not that would be my answer why not <laughs> not because my, my dad was a diplomat or whatever I just wanted to in my just, spare time. I just like to keep people on their toes. The last language I wish that I could speak is the reason why I took Korean off. I wish. It's not really a dia- language, but more of a dialect. I wish that I could speak Konglish, Korean English, mm. as my forefathers did. <laughs> I can't for the life of me speak English with a Korean accent. Oh my God. <laughs> this is your third language. It's my third language. So, so right now. So it I is. could code switch like a motherfucker. This is insane. I would go to any store and just order a shit in Conglish, and people were like, man, this motherfucker's fresh off the boat. I'm like, it's just a, my God. You would just be doing an imitation. So your third one is just doing yeah. an imitation. All right. So let, let me, me tell you why it's so hard to do. And this is when Steve Young, the great actor, you know. This is when I realized he was truly a great actor. Like on the level of like, to me, like mm. a Daniel Day-Lewis, right? I think Daniel Day-Lewis playing my left foot as a, someone that's disabled, really difficult to do. Yeah, it's a fine line. An actor speaking the English dialect like an immigrant from the you know, late 70s coming to this country, I... I I put that on that same level. And when I heard Steve speak English. In Minari. In Minari. Like a Korean person learning yeah. English for the first time. I was like, this motherfucker? Mm-hmm. This guy's for real. And is it because he legitimately sounds like a Korean yes. speaker learning to speak English? And not just a like racist yes. imitation exactly. of like a pigeon so English good. speaker. And like, you know, I... We hang out a bunch, and if I when he says anything in English with a Korean accent, oh my god, I, I sw- it's like I, I'm I'm witnessing greatness. <laughs> it's so good. Well, it is a fine line, right? Because it's it's like in Tropic Thunder when when Ben Stiller plays Simple Jack, you're like, no, 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 you went too far, <laughs> you went too far. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that. I, I think it's a skill. Yeah, and to be able to go in and out of it. I, I just don't have that ability, and I marvel at the people that can do it. And there's nobody better in this world than Steven. That guy, that guy should have won an Oscar just for that fucking alone. Seriously. To be able to cultivate that, harness that Conglish to that degree, the Academy, you missed the fucking book. <laughs> so to review, if you could speak any three languages on the planet fluently, yeah. number one would be French. So that you could order <laughs> wine like an obnoxious asshole. <laughs> Number two would be Latvian, Farsi, Afrikaans, something just unexpected. Correct. Just as a sort of CV fuck you. Yeah. And number three would not be a language mm. so much as a uh, in-between language of Konglish because you could code switch at H Mart. Yeah. <laughs> I would speak Konglish all the time. 
I really would. I really, anytime I would leave my house or my circle of friends, I speak English. I really would. It'd be so fun. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, dude. You don't think so? If you could do it properly, don't you think you would speak, you know? No, I mean, I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think of some other analogy. Like, because it's a real thing. It's not, it's not actually just like a joke. Like, you can, it's dialect, right? It's like people in Hawaii can speak like pigeon or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, or, or if you're, but, in, like, you're incapable of saying things. Like, again, my mother and grandparents were, Incapable of saying delicious. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Right. Delicious. Right. So delicious. <laughs> see, see, I mean, I mean, like, you're not doing it. You're not all doing the time. Like, Steven Yeun version. That's it was like so it. good. <laughs> if, that, if, if Steve had done I would that. say as a kid, I know I talked about this before, I was going to say, how many, can you say worm? Wom. And I would giggle all day long. Wom. She could not say worm. Oh my god. Wom. <laughs> it's wom. I can see how this is aspirational for you. I, I can't I cannot harness this yeah, magical mutant-like power god. to speak Congress. I it's not even language. If I could be granted any mutant-like power, it wouldn't be invisibility or you know flying to be Congress. It's just I'm gonna tell you what, you'll never fly or be invisible, but if you worked hard enough, I, I bet you could so. master this. So. Let's petition Duolingo to add this to their <laughs> language you can learn. People don't understand how hard it is to. You're right about you're right about Steve, I think. I think that pulling it off and not just sounding sounding like you're lampooning people. It's it's right up there with Daniel Day Lewis's greatest performances. Yeah. I don't think you know agrees with our Conglish assessment, but that's okay. Because maybe he can do it really well. Can you do it really well? He knows better than that. He knows he's like, I'm gonna take that bait. I've always been criticized for sounding too white, you know, so like, it's not something. If you've been criticized, imagine how I've been criticized. <laughs> I know, Jesus. But yeah, it's never, it's never something that I, I've took on. But I know exactly what Dave's talking about. Isn't it? Don't you want to be able to do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like code switching is that because I would rather just speak straight up Korean and they'll be like, no, 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 no. This Konglish isn't for English. Like, Konglish isn't for Korean people. Konglish is for speaking to people that only understand English. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's worth the code switch, but no, it's a, it's a, that's a, there's a distinction there. If you can speak Korean, you might also be able to speak perfect English. If you only speak this, then you're like, oh, I'm with you because you've, you you refuse to adapt or you can't you haven't adapted. And you're imagine different. if they start making fun of you, and then you're and then you can just go be like, perfect <laughs> English. <laughs> You'll fuck yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> what? And then you switch always, back into Konglish. I will say, as as a you know one language speaker more or less it does i get extremely jealous of people who get to have that moment in life where they get to sit there and watch somebody else talk shit about them in another language and then speak it that's i I think what is mandarin english monglish minglish i mean no one really does it well it's chinglish unfortunately that's terrible (laughs) so conglish is a good one yeah it's better i'd much rather speak that all right let's take a break 
This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So I was on a plane and this incident happened. It doesn't have to be three seats. It can be a two-seater as well. You're on a plane. It's something that I hold very, very, very sacred. And I think about the Robert Frost poem, right? Mm. Well, well, good good fences make good neighbors, right? Okay. Again, <laughs> reinterpreting the classics of Dave Chang here. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So you're sitting down. Whether you're aisle or window, doesn't matter. Or if you're middle, it doesn't matter. The space between you. And the, the other person. Mm-hmm. And you think it's common sense and knowledge and uh, protocol that it's 50-50 as well, right? You're talking about the armrest. Armrest yeah, and yeah. the space where your legs are. Oh, yeah. For okay. sure. Yeah. I was sitting next to a dude. I was on the aisle. It's always a dude. Their leg was dangling across the border on mine. And, like, would occasionally touch my foot. It was mm-hmm. a two-and-a-half-hour flight. So mm-hmm. it was enough for me to be like, the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. You cannot. Yeah. You cannot cross the Holy Seal. You cannot. You get in trouble if you do that. If you enter airspace in any other country, they're going to shoot your ass down. So you can't tell me <laughs> it's not fucking important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Respect the borders. You can't just say their China, leg, it's a weather balloon. Was it their, which part what, their foot was touching? The foot kept on crossing. And I think he was trying to like piss me off. Mm. But he was like pretending he was sleeping. He knew exactly what it was because I would push his fucking foot back. <laughs> Get out of my fucking foot zone. Because I was going to say, so he had his eyes closed as he was doing this? Yeah. Because when I see somebody awake with their foot creeping over Not into too. my airspace. Either, well, eyes open or shut, don't matter. My, my, my defense system is to close my eyes and pretend I'm asleep and then just whack him with my leg. Me, oh, sorry, sorry. But you can't do it if they're also asleep. You can't do it. Or if you have a, even a bigger on the armrest side when they put their phone or a bag, whatever. And just because they were there first doesn't mean they lay claim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> you'll sometimes get this in, in you know, those economy seats where there's only one plug. The person rushes in to just like jam their thing in there. And you're like, dude, what, what, what are you, what's going on here? <laughs> So what do you do if they put their stuff on them on what is the shared armrest, right? Mm. And it's they're taking three quarters of the space. What do you do? 
You know what I do? I shove their shit over. I said, you know what I do? I pull the excuse. Excuse me. <laughs> it's like this. Excuse me. And I say, like, I try to kill him with kindness and smile. Oh, excuse me. And I put my shit right there. <laughs> have a good day. Just go to, have a good flight. Excuse me. And I push it over. And they know what they're doing because it's always like, it's not that their cup is fully on your side. It's just, it's just a little bit over on they your know. side. They know. And they're like, they oh. know if you enter like, your airspace, shit's gonna go bad. They're they're playing chicken with you. I know because they're like, what's he gonna do? It's not all the way in his side. It's partly on my side. It's 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 legitimately. If you don't think it's an issue, then why did we shoot down that air that <laughs> that weather balloon from China? <laughs> why do we have borders? China was just like, what? It was it was just I was just floating over the armrest over here. Alaska's technically the armrest between us. <laughs> I could just half of Alaska's mine. I'm just saying, like. I think it's common protocol. Yeah. Keep your shit on your fucking border. Yeah. Don't not don't even flirt with coming across or the consequences will be paid. I'll tell you what, I feel so strongly about this. I actually have an interventionist policy, foreign policy. I once sat on a plane where this big beefy dude was fully manspreaded and this small Asian girl next to him was cowering in the corner like being shoved into her corner by this dude's man spreading, I had to reach over and move his legs back into his own zone. I will intervene in other nations' business. I will install democracy in that middle seat. You know seat. what? Uh, I can't believe this is a history. I don't think any podcast, even a podcast that does foreign policy from America, <laughs> has ever pulled the Dulles plan two times. And it's... It, it, I I believe we will go wherever. I believe that you should adopt the John Dulles. Was it the name John Dulles? Is it John Dulles? It's Dulles. Dulles was the last name because of Dulles Airport. But I do know that Dulles foreign policy was to be fucking aggressive as fuck. Yeah. You got to get out there. You got to, you got to punish them. (laughs) If they're going to fuck with democracy, you punish the fuck out of them. You literally have to get out there to stop the spread. And that's the Dulles foreign policy. (laughs) And I'm just saying that. You know, my 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 high school teachers would be so proud of me that I remembered this shit. You thought that Dave Chang wasn't paying attention, but I fucking was. Listen, it is the it is the responsibility of uh, of the last remaining superpowers for us to get out there. So I freedom. think that instead of being like passive and being like, oh yes, don't tread on me, take all my fucking space, I think you got to be like <laughs> militant, militant, like. So instead of a nudge, you should kick their fucking foot. <laughs> Toss their shit straight off the fucking lunch. Make an example out of it. Exactly. This. Build a reputation. I don't want to use force. Listen, if you do that again, what are they going to do? <laughs> you got to make them fearful. It's a literal show of force. Because they're tempting you. They're testing like, I'm going to dominate you. I'm, you're going to be under my thumb for this duration of this trip. I think you have to fucking literally. And listen, I, we're, we're on a defensive mission. But if you continue to be aggressor, I will invade. And here's the thing. There's ways. Listen, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, a crazy Dulles advocate here, right? A hawk. Yeah, you're a hawk. Because if they just ask consent, mm. hey, do you mind if I put this here? No problem. No yeah. problem. Yeah. But you better have written permission. <laughs> what is that called when you get like legal... Like if, if somebody's like needs to use your driveway to get their house, what's that called? Whatever that's called. The Whatever they called. asked for. It's like loaning a player in Premier League. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah sure. Take it for a little while. For a little while. <laughs> but you asked. 
Yeah, you ask. Just ask. Hey, do you mind? <laughs> you mind if I partake in some of your space? Because I see that you're not using it. Do you mind? That's all it takes to be a friendly neighbor. Yeah. And if you don't, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to crush you. I'm going to, if you don't ask me, I'm going to interpret it as a sign of aggression. That, Listen, if, you have a, if you're flying a plane, literally if you're flying a plane into the country and I know you're arriving in the country and I know you're landing in an airport, cool. That's cool. That's you're cool. Really telling me, oh, Dave, this is overblown. Then why are foreign airspace policies so important? <laughs> okay. The United States doesn't tolerate just like, Oh, random blaming. Hey, uh, I didn't ask for permission or anything, but I'm going to fly over your country right so now. So it's all about Robert Frost. Good fences make good neighbors. <laughs> Again, thank you, Robert I cannot Frost. Emphasize thank this you enough. for I our national poet laureate of America. Enough that that is not what that was. It was. <laughs> Build that fence up to keep your fucking neighbor. God damn it. Checked. Pay attention in ninth grade, people, so you don't you can't <laughs> you can't be swayed by this. And I listen. I I I don't want to talk too much longer about this, but we needed a whole nother slice of life when you take your fucking shoes off. Mm. 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 <laughs> don't don't take that sh- don't take those socks off don't take the socks off but here's the other thing if I'm wearing flip flops what does that mean because <laughs> that's more disgusting than wearing socks it's true it's true I mean I I sort of I, it's sort of like whatever we can't we can't get we can't it. we have to save this for a whole nother day that's this a whole, is, there's too much this there. is this could break the internet <laughs> if we we do this anyway excuse me. We're going to take a break. All right. We got an ask, Dave. By Vince. Ask Dave, copying your former employer from across the street. I feel like we're reading penthouse letters or something like this. It was a cold day. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, I was barely wearing anything. My throbbing member. (laughs) My pulsating member. Okay. Neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hi dave i'm listening to the newest pod with alex stupak and you said you didn't want to bore us with food nerdery which got me thinking if you guys did more food nerd interviews on a paid platform like patreon you know every time it took me a while to realize that patreon was not patron <laughs> just truly every time i think about that i think about tequila well whenever i'm drinking whenever i'm eating some exculpate i always <laughs> want to drink a little patreon well aware you guys are stretched thin, but just a thought. Thank you for your time. I don't think we'll ever use, you know, that, you know, <laughs> I don't tequila think- platform <laughs> that they charge you. <laughs> like OnlyFans. Was, yeah. If we, if we had an OnlyFans dedicated to chef nerdery. I think if Chris and I had an OnlyFans account, <laughs> we would have to pay the people to join us. We pay three seventy five an hour for you guys to watch our OnlyFans. <laughs> Still couldn't get people to do that. <laughs> no, I don't know. We got a lot of stuff in the works, but I don't. I don't see it as uh, anything we're going to charge. Not yet. It's possible. Yeah, it's. Uh, but not anytime soon. If it is, it'd be like a, a cooking app or something like that. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, but all it, the content is going to be free via streaming or YouTube or something like this. Yeah. But if you keep, if you want us to charge, we'll charge. <laughs> is this too cheap? We get enough demand. We'll start charging. Don't worry about it. If enough people ask. We will start and charging. we don't need anyone discord. be like, no, they're definitely charging in <laughs> different ways. By, well, whatever. Good God. Anyway, 
Second part of the question. I do have a question for Ask Dave. I work in a restaurant and we recently lost our sous chef to a restaurant literally down the street. Peeping the restaurant on Instagram, we have noticed the specials and menu additions the chef is running are literally the same thing around at us as us. So they're copying the menu. What would you do in this situation? Thank you. Vince from California. I won't say the last name. I'm never saying the last name. I'll say Vince.p. Five letters. <laughs> and then a C. That's a, that's a really hard one. I don't know. You know that I was asked to do Celebrity Jeopardy? And I can't do it. Why? I know. Come on. You know why I really wanted to do it? Rosie Perez? <laughs> Quahog. <laughs> Can you imagine if that clam question came up for you on Celebrity Jeopardy? Well, and I would say like Rosie Perez, what is a Quahog? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was so pissed. I'm not going to be in town. That's insane. I know. That's a dream. But I also, here's the difference between who wants to be a millionaire. I would want to be the worst. I'm okay being the worst one ever. Just like, it's, uh, you know, cat in the, <laughs> eight, and there's H and a T. Cat in the, how? What category and it comes back, all of us get it wrong. <laughs> that category is three letter words missing the middle letter. <laughs> I'll take three letter words missing the center I letter. I continue to get it wrong. Just to make history. It would be awesome. Wait, what, where the, why were we talking about this? Because we're trying to name Vince's last Oh, Vince last P. Name. Okay, let me Vince. just try to guess. Five letters ends with C legitimately, that's it? Starts with P, ends with a C? No, you're never going to get it. It is actually, I think, Slavic in origin. Anyway. Vince Pavich. No. Um, <laughs> listen, this happens all the time. The, when a sous chef or a cook leaves, it happens all the time. It used to happen to, I would say. I can't say like do as I do as I say not as I do. That was a that's usually what happened because mm-hmm. I would say you like oh it's not a big deal don't worry about it. The reality is you know you should be saying that but deep down you're like fuck you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope you're. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. There's literally nothing you can do about it. And I think um, unless the dish, I gotta say you just gotta deal with it. It has happened so many times. Um, and I, I'm sure there's arguments both ways. Uh, I think it's cool when it's a collective and people can like lay credit to it. But I think Vince is somebody who's going to do it. And here's the thing. If they wind up executing it better than you, mm-hmm. then there's nothing you can say. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's a, there's a world in which... Well, I mean, even I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna rationalize the sous chef because I was like, oh, okay, maybe the sous chef actually, you know, came up with the dish, whatever, whatever. But even in that instance, if I'm gonna leave a restaurant, just as like a matter of integrity, I'm gonna start clean. I'm not gonna bring the same. Well, shit I, I did. I get, you you say that, but it's harder than people realize because not everybody has a menu in their head, right? And when you are presenting an opportunity, maybe the opportunity happened, and this person, the sous chef. Had a kid and needs to make thirty thousand more dollars, sure. and you know this opportunity arose, and he's like, "Well, this allows me to do this and this for my family." And I always thought I would have a position, maybe five years, not now, but you know, circumstances change, and they take it, and they just weren't ready to come up with a menu. And it's very difficult to create a like twenty twenty dishes without anything. I would say. That if they write the menu, it's a good chance, like anybody, would probably heavily influence from the previous restaurant. I wouldn't judge them on that. Right? I think this happens almost all the time. Mm-hmm. With rare occasion. 
where if something does, someone starts, if someone has something completely new, more often than not, I think if they've had time to do that, even still, people still copy. You're right. It's different than, it's different than sous chef left to go open their own restaurant and opened it with the same menu. And even still, you see this, I've seen this a lot. People still be heavily influenced to the point where they think they made it or it, it doesn't even matter at that point, but let's just say that the, there are dishes that are heavily influenced. But you know, the issue really becomes like, I think you should see in two, three, four years if the restaurant survives, if the menu is still the same, then mm-hmm. it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if they're not in, innovating and evolving and uh, getting their own voice, they're not, they're not going to survive anyway. Mm-hmm. The other issue, if you're doing a cuisine like pastas or Italian food where you're not, it's not that different. Guess what? You didn't invent any of that shit anyway. <laughs> right. And ultimately it comes about down to execution. Right. And if they're executing better than you, then that's just the way it is. Um, but I think a lot of times, I think creatively speaking, at least with dishes, I find that you have to write the first sort of paragraph, like finding Forrester, right? <laughs> what's that? What's that phrase? You the man now, dog. Yeah. Where, you know, Sean Connery has to write the, the, the first paragraph and the whole movie is about plagiarism. Right, it's clearly he should have got kicked out because he fucking plagiarized the first paragraph. But anyway, that happens a lot, and eventually, it's just about getting some momentum and confidence. And I'm I'm totally okay with that. In one regard, is like you take your influences and use that for a while till you, you can find your own ground and footing. The other way you can do that, and I don't want to disregard it completely, is. Many, 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 many chefs have their signature dish. One of their signature dishes would be the dishes of their mentor. Hmm. You know, the comes to mind is Pierre Kaufman, uh, whose son, I think, recently just closed down um, his restaurant. It was Three Mission Star. It's near Bray. It is in Bray, near the Fat Duck. He had stuffed pig strotters. Mm-hmm. And Pierre Kaufman is the OG, one of the great, great, great chefs. Uh, super nice guy. Yeah. We got to hang out with him at MAD. And Marco Pierre White had pigs trotters a la Pierre Kaufman. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that dish, they'll say it wasn't invented by me. I'm, I, I might've done my tweaks here or there, but it really came from the person that I learned it from. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't, you can say to your servers or whoever, it's like this dish was heavily influenced by this. Nothing we do with the rare, rare exception of say like, what Stupak has done or Ferran Adria or a lot of the people that were modern champions have created anything new. You know? Sure. Everything's been done before. But it's the juxtaposition of ingredients and techniques that might be uniquely yours or the style. You know, I think it's hard to say, to say lay claim. It doesn't mean that you can't get super upset about it. But I think at the end of the day, time will be the judge there. Mm-hmm. By the way, just another of the million reasons why this business is so difficult, by the way. That like I'm imagining that we're not talking about like a two Michelin, three Michelin star restaurant here and a, and a sous chef leaving. We're talking about probably like a small suburban restaurant, which is a hard enough business when you don't have competition down the street doing the same menu as you. Like I, I totally agree with you on on sort of like being level headed about it, but like fucking hard ass business, man. Yeah, people copy. People copy all the time. I mean, to the point where people don't even know. Critics don't know. I, w- I would say there was a restaurant in the New York Times 
when Wells first started writing, I actually had to tell somebody, I'm shocked that the critic of the paper record has zero idea that 75% of these ideas came from this specific restaurant in Europe. Another 25% comes from this restaurant in Europe. Mm -hmm. And he's literally just changed one thing. (laughs) So theoretically, legally, it's his recipe. I thought it was bullshit. It's impossible to keep up with all the new things. It's actually a lot easier now because of social media, but still, there's no way for anyone to know it. And here's the most important thing. No one gives a fucking shit. Yeah. Nobody That's what does. I've learned. Nobody does. The hardest thing isn't that, that people copy you. is that no one else really fucking cares. <laughs> well, okay. Let me let me ask you one more. Let me let me do one more hypothetical question for you. So you've talked a lot about... Unless you're Josh Keens and you've invited Ember <laughs> Cooking. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. I'm going to get so many angry texts. Keens, you know we love you. <laughs> so listen. You've, you, we talked uh, in, uh, a few months ago about like, if if what if you got like injury reports on on cooks? If you think of cooks as the the athletes of the team, you got injury reports. So what if we extended that metaphor? Because I was thinking about this um, as we were talking. I was thinking about this pastry chef who you know they they tend to get to run their own department. They get to kind of do their own creative. This pastry chef who left a two Michelin star to go to a three Michelin star restaurant uh, in the same you know uh, geographic area. And I remember eating at the the new restaurant and being like, oh, this is literally the exact same. Well, the pastry chef probably made the pastries at that restaurant. Yes, yes. And that's a different thing. Yes. So there's a lot of subtext. Yes, like that was their creation. They brought it here. Now, should you, if I'm thinking about like athletes, I'm not like, okay, you switch teams, you got to come up with new pitches. You got to come up with new moves. Well, that's one thing, but I would look at it more as like coaching, right? You know, uh, uh, Shane Steichen's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He worked under uh, Nick Sirianni in the Eagles. And he's like some offensive guru. I'm sure you're going to see a lot of plays that the Colts run that people are going to be like, well, that's exactly what they were doing with Jalen Hurts last year on the Eagles. Right. It's to the benefit of the team to eventually evolve new plays. Well, not only but- that, like, but he's taken the philosophy that he created, probably influenced by Sirianni, et cetera, et cetera. But, so like, at some point, like a lot of the chefs in this world are influenced by other people or come from another school. So one of the things I told you, you know, I want to do is definitely talk about the schools of cooking mm-hmm. and the main, there are too many to sort of like be overly reductive and to distill into three or four schools, but we're going to anyway. Their main schools, just like in football, you have West coast, you have the run and shoot, you have the spread air raid, you know, whatever mm-hmm. air Coriel. There are a ton, same thing in cooking. And I think that you can actually, trace the lineage of a culinary philosophy of a chef by where they've worked. Mm-hmm. That's totally understandable and okay. But again, no one gives a fucking shit about that mm-hmm. if you're not. Actually, most of the chefs still, don't, like, give still don't give a shit about it. But I do. So, anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I think it is, it's, it's different when you are when you have like... For a second, situation. I thought we were talking about the NFL Ring or Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> I hate, Your new host. Listen, I hate, I hate contact sports. I love football. I hate football, but man, I love Tom Brady. (laughs) The way he throws the ball is amazing. Uh, I hate NFL football, but man, the Super Bowl is so fun. (laughs) I find grass to be disgusting, but I I sure love to watch football games on grass. (laughs) I hate ice hockey. I hate it so much, but that Zamboni... It's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. 
All right. We have a Dave and Chris Guide to Stockholm. We do? We do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've been to Stockholm three times in my life. How many times have you been there? One time. I have not been there in like 12 years, though. No, that's not true. I was there in 2019. <laughs> Uh, um, I have not been there in like 10 years. 2019. What is that? I won an award there. What did you I win? have a giant award for the White Award. Oh, the White Awards. White Awards. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. It's a big thing. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't realize this was a big thing. <laughs> um, no, I've been to Stockholm more than three times. I've done a dinner with Matthias Dahlgren. I, you know what I got to say? Probably like, Hey, Jesus Christ. I, you know, I gotta, now that I think about it, I lived in Stockholm for 16 years. I was born and raised so in Stockholm. Um, so speaking of that last, that last question, I ate at Matthias Dahlgren's restaurant one time 10 years ago, and he literally had a David Chang pork bun on the that menu. That motherfucker. <laughs> but like attributed. No, no, Matthias is one of the best. You know what I mean? Um, great restaurant. A lot of things have changed in Stockholm, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it. But it is a, I'm going to say this. Every time I'm there, it really, this is where I'm going to pull the real nerdery here. It feels like it's, God, I'm so fucking tired because of my kids. What's the city? Arendelle? Arendelle. Rivendell? Rivendell. (laughs) It looks like Rivendell to me. From Lord of the Rings, where the elves live. Where Elrond, the half, half-elf, half-elven lives. <laughs> I saw, you're like, I'm going to get real dirty. And I just watched you. I'm just like, oh, I know where he's going. He's going straight. And Chris knows I know all these names, but I'm like really not on uh, any hours of sleep. Because the lighting there is amazing. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful crazy. part of the world. It's crazy. All the roofs are like shingled in gold and... Mm-hmm. Gold cup cupolas and everything. It's just like radiant and, yeah. and it's just beautiful. Yeah. I got to knock a little bit. It's a little too humid mm-hmm. in the summer, which mm-hmm. is why I prefer Copenhagen. Less humid than Stockholm. Uh, demographically, it is also as homogenous as Rivendell. <laughs> it's yeah. just one kind of elf. It is. Um, just one kind of elf. And really. Um, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Do you have. And everyone dips. Both everyone men and women. Tips. There's a reason why. Copenhagen, yeah. Skoll, and all that shit is made. Th- but everyone has a dip. Yeah. We've Everyone's- talked about that many times. Even at uh, the now closed um, Favikin, there was a, a snuff box uh-huh. at the end of dinner where you'd see men and women putting one in. I'd be like, what the hell is with, happening? With Magnus's homegrown tobacco. <laughs> so insane. But literally everybody there dips. So it's a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Also, surprise to me, Stockholm, is you realize that all the money that is circulating Stockholm is uh, mainly from uh, bullets and ammunition and guns. It's, it's a little weird. <laughs> Those elf-forged weapons, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You're like, what's that plan over there? What's that? Oh, we, they make guns, and they make bullets, and they make missiles, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's that beautiful building over there? Oh, that's where we manufacture automatic rifles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's not a joke, actually. It's, it's real. <laughs> so insane. It's so crazy. Uh, but wh- they do have wonderful food. It's a sick city, and it's beautiful. And what I was surprised was, is uh, because it was like a sort of a neutral city when the uh, Gulf invasion happened, it has a high, high population 
of Iraqis. Mm-hmm. And the Iraqi food there is unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to taste it. It was, it was delicious. Very, very good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's a few pockets of of that that, you know, whatever you want to call it. Kebabs, shawarma, all of it's good. You see a little bit of that in Copenhagen too, but I feel that Stockholm for me, maybe I'm sh- actually that's not true. I think Stockholm has a better that food. Okay. Then then Copenhagen. I would say that. I I understand that. Because I mean Malmo, which is just across the bridge from Copenhagen, also has like a really delicious Malmo, the 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 Williamsburg of Copenhagen. <laughs> Momo is literally the cope is the Williamsburg to Copenhagen's Manhattan. <laughs> it literally is. It's just every like, city has a Williamsburg, but the first non-Williamsburg of New York City was Momo in Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. It's like a little grittier, a little more interesting, like a little more, you know, punk. Yeah. Altadena. The Williamsburg of <laughs> the Bushwick of it's, LA. It's the Oak it's the Oakland to the San Francisco. But um, our producers went for Spotify. Spotify, our 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 parents, are they pay the they pay the bills. Yeah, you see, you 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 can see why people were scared of the Vikings. Yeah, a bunch of giants. Another show. thing, you talk about like the the military industrial complex of Sweden and that being partially why everything is so nice there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the history of Sweden and you know them being military conquerors for like hundreds of years is like berserker. <laughs> like, you walk around and you're like, oh yeah, I, I see it. Yeah, yeah. I again, uh, what I would it? also just give up. I'd be like, well, here they, they are. are. Come on, come on, come on, come on in, come on in. You are serious, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're on mushrooms, soon to listen to Jared. I am fucked. We're out of here. Um, we're we're out of here. We're leaving. <laughs> you take it. <laughs> um. So you did have. How was the food? Um, the food was amazing. Uh, we we tried to do a mix of sort of like you know doing the traditional Swedish meals that you feel like you're sort of obligated to do so we we had like the pickled herring and and all the the stuff and but we also ate at exted um shout out nicholas shout out you <laughs> and nicholas exted um thank you nicholas for hooking them up nicholas exted yeah. one of the very best in the business yeah he's an awesome guy um which yeah just was incredible an incredible meal I'm, I'm gonna use a lot of words like awesome and incredible because i don't have the sophistication don't worry like, and we're not gonna exculpate right. you <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we were there for almost, I think, five hours. and Five hours? Had, oh, yeah, at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah like, at the restaurant. Yeah. And there was like a, a sort of tangible, like beginning, middle, and end. They move you through the restaurant to different tables. So you kind of start in this front room with some appetizers and drinks, and then they move you to the kitchen where the chef is, is serving you directly off the grill. And then you move to like a different table for sort of the bulk of the other courses. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it was shocking. And, and they were like... We would sort of like have these moments where we're just looking at each other like, holy shit. <laughs> like, well, like, how did, how do you even describe again? Like, all you can say is like, that is incredible. And also, like, the anticipatory nature of some of the stuff. Like, they'd serve a dish and we'd eat it. And then there's, there's like sauce left over in the bottom of the bowl. And you're like, man, I wish I had some like bread or something to sop this up. And then, like, all of a sudden they come out with these little like incredible Swedish bread pastry things to like, to do exactly that. And so just like the the overall experience was crazy. And I think we were in like the eighth or ninth course at one point. And, uh, and Donnie, one of our producers was 
sort of like saying under his breath, he's like, I ate a Burger King last night. (laughs) (laughs) And I know Swedish Burger King is probably better than than American Burger King. But yeah, I don't know. Victoria, do you want to add anything? The experience was amazing. Honestly, just I second what Corey said, just being able to experience that. I think it was a once in a lifetime thing. And so something that's like etched in my brain forever. I asked Corey, I was like, how do we go back after this? Like after you experience this, how do you go back to like regular regular smuggler yeah and they took care of your vegetarian needs they did and it was amazing good yeah it was great well and also what i love about xdead it's not doesn't feel super fancy doesn't feel mm-hmm. like you're out of place it's very low key as well um it's a great restaurant super fun super fun and also josh Gaines cooked over ember <laughs> Think of that the whole time. <laughs> it's like I wish you. I mean, but I love that. Like that's yeah. the thing we talked about this over, like a couple podcasts ago. Like I, I want. They weren't asking for it. Yeah, but I want them to have that fucking awesome experience. Well, I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say it's so nice to hear. You know, Corey and Victoria, and and you know the rest of them just have like a transformative experience. Yeah. Like that's like I, this is that's got to feel on, from your end as the chef as a restaurant tour. Like it can be. You can get jaded. Like eating that stuff or, or having these experiences but then to see somebody I mean somebody, yeah because when they were describing to me I was like boring <laughs> this is uh, so lame there's a bread course sopping <laughs> it off I bet the bread came out right okay uh. <laughs> no but like that's 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 like that's that's the coolest part of it like seeing it through fresh eyes and like people it, like, it's meaningful it's super yeah, cool yeah no and I'm glad no Nicholas texted me and I'm so happy that they looked after you guys and uh, you know to have that experience it's it's so rewarding for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, to, to be able to, like, be the conduit to, to provide that. It's super cool. That's no, always um, fun. So that's that's great. Um, I want to eat there. I haven't, I've been there a few years back, but... I'm kind of... I'm, I'm feeling this Scandinavian itch a little bit. Really? I've been feeling like I want to go back. You're going to go? I mean, Grace's favorite city is Copenhagen, right? I, I don't know why. <laughs> you love it. Come on. You're so happy when you're there, honestly. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm team Norway. <laughs> I haven't done Norway. You know, again, the funniest thing about all of the Scandinavian countries, they, <laughs> no offense, Canada, I love you, Canada, but from America's perspective, and also from a Canadian's perspective about America, every country there, though, three, they don't even consider Finland part of What's crazy about it is like Finland, Norway, and Sweden are all like a trio. They're they're touching each other. The three tenors. The three tenors. And you're right. Sweden and Norway, like uh. it's like the appendix that is like growing out this way. It's like it's like they the consider fi- them Russian. It's like looking at their at the pinky and be like, that's not one of uh, us. Yeah. And again, I've had that wonderful experience in Finland. Oh my favorite country. Great and wonderful Finland. I love yeah. Finland. Um No, but they each talk shit about the other country. Like America talks about Canada or Canada talks about America or Mexico talks about Canada and America. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. The three countries are like Mexico, Canada, and America. And each country thinks that they're the superior one. (laughs) Quite frankly, they're all the fucking same. (laughs) They all make fun of each other's language. And I'm just like, what are you making? What the fuck are you talking about? You You guys all speak the same language. You know what it is? It's like, okay, they speak English like an Australian do, mm. English like the British do, and English like the Americans do. 
and they think that they're all speaking a different fucking language. It's the same fucking language. When, from my perspective, it sounds like Klingon. It all sounds fucking <laughs> same. Jesus Christ. Listen, you're we, telling me it doesn't sound like a Star Trek language? It, it also, I, I can't. I was about to do an impression and I was like, can I go there? I understand. There, there, okay. Finnish is only related to Romanian, it's a different language set than the other three, but they all sound the same. <laughs> they all sound exactly the same. And, uh, you know, sort of all the same to me. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah. I judge it by the temperature. Yeah. Copenhagen is more my cup of tea. Yeah, the herring in one country versus the <laughs> Cloudberry in one country is the Cloudberry <laughs> the same the other. Renee, don't fucking get pissed. And you're only half Danish too, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but good good times in, in Stockholm. I miss Stockholm. Um, all right, let's take a break. We're going to do a abbreviated moif. Let's do this. All right, fellas. Thanks for coming in. Um, let's do, it's going to be a real quick one, but let's do a fuck, Mary kill of the seafood tower. All right. So we're going to go shrimp, bivalves, and crab. Okay. So those three things give me a fuck, Mary kill. Well, I can just in the bivalves, I'm going to give you a fuck, Mary kill. I'm going to marry oysters. I'm going to kill mussels. And I'm going to fuck scallops. On the whole tower, I am going to kill crab. Quick kill crab because it's not good cold like that. I'm going to kill mm, crab. Interesting. I'm going to fuck bivalves. I'm going to marry shrimp. just so nasty about yeah. that too. <laughs> Mar- okay. So first of all, I cold crab I, in this regard yes. on the seafood tower is underwhelming. Now, if you said they're Jonah crab claws or they're stone crab claws, or something that are similar to that kind of crab claw. You know, if I get a tower full of blue crab claws, it just doesn't do it for me. So when you did the fuck, Mary kill on bivalves, though, you think the most three common on the tower are oysters, mussels, and scallops. But isn't it probably more clams, oysters? If you go to Barcelona, you got periwinkles and... and and So that changes it for me. I like like a periwinkle. Where do you you rank clam? Half-shell clams. Clam is the... Poseidon's favorite son. <laughs> See, I was going to say though, clam, clam changes things for me because I like a, I like a clam. Uh, clam is an exotic, exotic trip in your mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're back to penthouse letters. <laughs> uh, I, you know what's my first Jesus Lord? We should do a whole segment about the most exotic, <laughs> pornographic food porn letters. <laughs> I carefully shucked, <laughs> inserted my shucking knife. <laughs> I clamp titillated my tongue. <laughs> I could feel the shell releasing for me. <laughs> Disgusting. What's crazy is the that, pen shell crab, the pen shell clam penetrated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Tender meat <laughs> slid down my throat. Oh, no. okay. I'm not gonna do it. Gross. What else you got? Killing crab is interesting, though. You're right. I didn't think about it until that very minute. Like, 
cold, ice cold crab except for Jonah Crab Claws on a Seaford Tower. You can't do a body. You cannot do it. Not delicious. It's not delicious. It can't be ice cold. It cannot be ice cold. That's interesting. It's clear. I mean, it's interesting though. You can't start a land war in Asia. You cannot have <laughs> ice cold crab bodies on but a. Most of the time I would see it on the menu. Like, oh, there's a crab on there. That sounds good. But then what I do right. like on a shellfish tower, and shellfish towers are money makers to a lot of degree. And again, I, I know I've told this story before, but at craft, you'd make a, a shellfish tower for a, a VIP guest. And I hated doing it because I know I'd be in the weeds the rest of the night. Because once it comes out, well, what's that? Hmm. Oh, can I have one of those? Oh, it's not on the menu. How much does it cost? $500. Oh, I have one of those. <laughs> and that's, that, that actually was the genesis of me making the bosom and the fried chicken and make that not something you can buy, mm-hmm. but you had to order specific. Anyway, I like shellfish towers are to me celebratory things. And we used to, when Momo used to have something great or we do something cool uh, on like TV or something, we would always have a lunch thing at Balthazar mm-hmm. and have the shellfish tower. Mm-hmm. Um, the plateau is fantastic. It's cool. And when done well, it's often the only thing you need to eat. Bread and butter, plateau, you're good to go. And there's, plateaus are like cars. You can have your, you know, run-of-the-mill lemon, and you go all the way to like a McLaren, you know? So that's my question. Do you have any memory of like a, does, is there a singular outrageous plateau that sticks out in your memory? Like something that was just over the top? crazy or anything like that i think it was a seafood bar in barcelona and it was just like they had everything and what i love is when the things are individually composed on like a shell so it's you have basically like the same thing oysters scallops fish whatever the same proteins you might get anywhere else but you have 16 different combinations of that on one yeah but muscles to me are sad Mm -hmm. and i hate green lip muscles if i see green lip muscle get the i'm getting the fuck out of there (laughs) Do you do you rate a marinated muscle though? <sighs> Escabeche. That's pretty, another thing. We used to put that on menu and man, that is pretty, kind of pretty tasty. White people love <laughs> white people love marinated muscles. How exotic. How exotic. It is like weird. I would I don't even need any data. I know that if anyone put like pickled mussels, muscles escabeche in some kind of acidic sauce. Or if it's served in like a mason jar with fucking that and pickled fennel floating in it with <laughs> like whatever. And then like some grilled sourdough bread. Right. It's awesome because anything you, anytime you can serve something and the ticket comes, it's just like, awesome. <laughs> just pop open that jar and send it out. Beautiful. Grandma J station is like, we love this. Opening the jar and putting it out. I mean, you just send it out. You just grill some bread, you send it out. And like, you'll, you will 86 that every fucking night. No. <laughs> One of the great dishes to put on a menu. If you're thinking about an appetizer, pickle mussels. <laughs> I mean, that's like a football play that will never fail you ever. You'll yeah. always get a first down. <laughs> that's your go-to. Things are tough. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Basically, it costs nothing. Mussels are very, very cheap. If you clean them, if you buy them well, don't worry about. I know Bourdain said never eat mussels, but again, like he was wrong there. If you get it from a respectable, reputable restaurant, high volume, mussels can be great if they're like Bouchot mussels or kind of mussel. I love the way that tastes. And they're easy, easy, easy to clean for the most part if they don't have the beard too much. Even still, very easy to clean, very easy to cook. 
and then very easy to put in a highly acidic, tasty solution. So it's like, you know, a can, you know, um, you know, this was a like a jar from here. You put like 16 mussels. Those 16 mussels probably cost you a buck 25 mm-hmm. all in. Well, other ingredients, it's probably like a buck 75. And with the bread, it's now like 250. Right. Now you can charge that for 18, 20 bucks. The beautiful thing about that is a dish like that takes very little time versus, say, a pate or something like. Um, you mean an Uxco pate? Uxco pate. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. There are a lot of dishes that people order, but the margins aren't there because the work that it takes to make is so great that the return on it might be great for the customer. And cooks love making them, but it's also not something that everyone's going to order. But when right. they do order, it's not like you're making, making, making a lot of money on it either. Because you have to remember, if you're listening to this, we're like, oh, this capitalism. You live in fucking America. <laughs> and restaurants are for-profit businesses. Right. And things cost, cost money. money. <laughs> um. <laughs> Muscles in general might just be white catnip. Because you oh, know the other is. favorite is the sushi restaurant baked muscle. Oh, the dynamite. The muscle dynamite, dynamite muscle. Very good. <laughs> That's catnip Very good. too. But if you can charge it for like, even if it costs you three bucks, you can charge that for 18, 20, even mid 20s now. Yeah. And again, a dish like that is great because it's very easy to, it's already prepped, ready to go. You don't have to worry about it getting the room temp or anything like that. You just open up the top or you scoop it into a bowl and it, you're ready to go. It's clean. There's nothing. So it's a, that's the kind of dish you want if you're running service. It's a get out of jail free dish, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh shit, we're five tables behind this. That table didn't get that or that. Send them the muscles. Oh sweet, they didn't get the muscles. Ask if they have a shellfish allergy. <laughs> Boom, you're good. You just bought yourself thirty fucking minutes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so the whoever you're constantly grilling bread, and it's just like it makes everyone happy. Yeah. It makes garmanger happy. It makes the chef happy. It makes the profitability that they happy. All of these things. It's a fucking winning dish. And everyone orders it. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. All right. Well, back to the seafood tower real quick. What does what you reach for first at the seafood tower say about you? And I, I want you guys to kind of stereotype the type of diner who would take a a crab first or a shrimp first. Like, can we do a quick rundown of like? What kind of person you are? Based For on me, the politics of the seafood tower are similar to the politics of the crab on the Lazy Susan, where I, as a lesser, have to reach for an oyster because they're the most plentiful. I cannot be the first to crack into one of the higher ticket items. So I'm, I'm always a, lobster. Lobster first. No, I'm, excuse me, I'm always oyster, and I give the lobster to the, the person <laughs> we don't like. <laughs> You know? it's the same thing. You, you know, they think they're getting the shine. I'm like, yeah, take it. it. Whatever you say. Good for you. <laughs> Cold overcooked lobster. <laughs> because it signals some sort of luxury, but you're like. Well, what I'm looking for is the shrimp with the head on. Mm-hmm. Like a blue ribbon in New York. They have a great, great, they have a great seafood tower. But if you get the shrimp with the remoulade, mm-hmm. the, like the mayonnaise thing they, they make and the shrimp heads, it's almost like, hey, um, I don't want the shrimp. Can I have the shrimp heads? It's delicious. So to me, it goes oysters, shrimp, and and here's the other thing. To me, it's not even about that. <clears throat> I can judge a lot about somebody eating by how they immediately go for their oysters and what they want to dip it in. If they're a mignonette person, respect, hmm. respect. 
if they immediately go cocktail sauce, mm. uh, I like cocktail sauce too, but not on the oyster. If they put mm. oyster, if they put cocktail sauce on oyster, they might as well be on the Ringer Fantasy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> Right, I don't like horseradish. You know, that, but I love like, you snob, sauce. I'm like, damn fucking right, I'm a snob to this shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, no cocktail sauce on oysters. That doesn't work. Cocktail sauce on shrimp, yes, that is the pairing. Cocktail sauce does not belong on anything else unless it's a fried, like, uh, fried seafood. To mm-hmm. Right. The move for the somebody that thinks they like oysters, not a great pet peeve of mine, is when they immediately squeeze lemon on all of it. Ooh, on all of it is, is brutal. It's not only a rookie move. You should get, I'm never, I'm not just having like never eating with this person. <laughs> You're saying, you know, like I feel a little bit, and I'm not trying to compare myself to like Aaron Rodgers or something like that. But like, I don't want to fucking play with receivers that can't run the right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to throw you the ball anymore. But you're saying somebody will pick up the lemon wedge and do the, just whole, dust the whole fucking thing? thing. Yeah. You never have done that. You've been with people that do that? I've I'm never, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I can't imagine I just crop dusting everybody's oyster. What the fuck are you doing? I do not what? like lemon what? on my oyster, for the record. I don't even like lim- mignonette <laughs> on my oyster, for the record. You know what I like? <laughs> nothing. I want nothing. I still can't believe somebody would go and just spray If you have to put crops. lemon and cocktail sauce on oysters, those are not the oysters that you should be eating. Yeah, full you're, stop. You're hiding some shit. You're trying to kill some stuff. No, I mean, like, I, I want to taste the microbial terroir. <laughs> I want to taste East Coast, West Coast. I want to taste the difference of where that oyster is from, the salinity that the Ringer Fantasy Football podcast show made fun of so much. <laughs> I was deeply offended. <laughs> it shows. Um, no, so I'm not a lemon on that. On mignonette, I'll do mignonette occasionally. We did a, here's something that I know that we did first. Nobody ever did it. We made the kimchi puree Mm -hmm. and then we did the kimchi consomme. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we purified the kimchi juice and made that as a mignonette. That pairs really well with oysters because kimchi and oysters, best friends. Mm. Works really well. That spiciness pairs really well with the salinity. Um, I love that. Really love that. So kimchi and oysters, anything kimchi works really well. Horseradish clearly works really well. Um, caviar, beautiful combination. I know it's salt and salt, but sometimes you, it's a lot, but it's fucking great. Mm. Sometimes citrus works, but you got to know the differences of the oysters. So I, I'm not a fan. When I say citrus, like a, a tiny couple segments or finger lime, one, two are there. It's just enough acidity to balance everything out on the palate. I know I'm talking very like food nerdery, but it's true. It's like you, <coughs> you want just enough acidity to balance out everything that's happening in that oyster. Do you prefer that little bit of citrus, whether it's finger lime or whatever, on a creamier oyster than a brinier oyster? I think that the acidity, I want a little bit of acidity if I go with a citrus element on um, brinier oysters. On brinier oysters. East Coast. I want a little bit of the spice and acidity to go with West Coast, Hog Island. Or more often than not, I don't want anything that's West Coast, I want it. My preference always is nude, hmm. nothing, because to me that is what makes it. The oyster liqueur is fucking Poseidon's nectar for real. <laughs> I agree. So, first oysters always got to. I might dabble with whatever the the restaurant it has on offer, but the first one is always nude, unadorned. 
The other thing is, do you, I don't, I'm not a fan of putting the oyster back in. Back onto the thing? Yeah. But well, I also understand that. I can also dig that if you're trying to hide how many oysters you eat. See, that's where I'm coming from. You know? But the other thing, I didn't realize we were going to get into a whole fucking protocol of eating <laughs> shellfish teller. But there's a lot. I'm not, uh, another pet peeve of mine is when people can't keep track of the oysters they've eaten. Yes, because usually if it's uh, if one or two dozen. twelve yeah. oysters and there's three of us, I'm not a smart man, but I do know that's four oysters piece. Right. Right? And if there are four varietals, we each get if one somebody, of each. If, if the, you are the person, you're probably, if you're this kind of person, you're also probably the person that I have to say, excuse me, because you're taking over my fucking, you're my airspace. You're like, hey, did everyone have enough oysters? The person that's keeping tabs of everybody yeah. is the fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how many you've had. You know exactly how many you've had. Don't fucking worry how many I've had. <laughs> yeah. Worry about yourself. Maybe I'm eating everything else and I'll get to it. Right. I know you're hovering over because you're trying to annex that fucking oyster over there, but just, just chill the fuck out. Yeah. Well, I know. I feel you. And I'm always, uh, it, 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 it drives me crazy when it's like, okay, there were 12 oysters. There were three of us. Why are there three Kumamoto's left at the end <laughs> if everybody had four oysters? Who did this? <laughs> and also, you're right. The people that can't do the math. <laughs> Who did this? How did you fuck this up? <laughs> it always happens. The dumb dumb that can't do the fucking math and they lost track of how many oysters you ate. Like, come on. I can understand that when you have four or five different species of oysters and that, but when it's not, it's just like 12 to 24. Pretty come easy. On. Especially a table full of Asian people. It's embarrassing, man. It's fucking embarrassing. We have a mole. Even me. I can do that math. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't even. It makes me mad. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm so mad. I got. I can't talk about it anymore. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, nothing to promote other than Ying Cooks of the Internet. Oh, and yeah. We have a YouTube uh, thing show. We've We're a, finally, finally trickling things out on on YouTube. So, for, starting with shorts from this show are on are going up on YouTube. Shorts from Recipe Club are going up on YouTube. We're finally paying attention to our YouTube channel. We're updating all the stuff on our LG TVs, if you've been seeing it. We have a couple of big shows from Mr. Chang. Going to go up on our YouTube pretty soon. <laughs> I'm going to close with something that I like. I don't know why I was thinking that because I was watching social media and, and they were like, Michael Vick in, in 95 Madden was the most of me, blah, blah, blah. Right? I went down the rabbit hole. And you know what I thought? The mm -hmm. most amazing game in sports history for mm -hmm. video games. That mm -hmm. is. It's still always been original Tech Mobile. Tech Mobile 2, fantastic. And clearly this is uh, way older than most people. But if you're old enough to have played Tech Mobile, you'll know that it wasn't a game, per se. It was reading your opponent, because there's only four plays. Four plays for offense and four plays for defense. And your job wasn't really to play the game. It was to judge the game by the other person's perspective, right? So if I'm the Oakland Raiders and I'm going left with Bo Jackson, I have to think, is this the kind of person that will go left with Bo Jackson? Or is this person thinking that I'm the person that will go left with Bo Jackson? So I have to play the defense that will go right because they're going to go right. It was games and ship on a whole different level and it was pure because it's very similar to Rochambeau or Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> yeah, I was right? going to say. Because it's that... The reason it's amazing is you're reading the you're reading the player. 
but adding one more play changes yeah. exponentially all the outcomes. And that's all Tecmo Bowl is. Four-dimensional rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Two-dimensional rock, paper, scissors. It was, it's like uh, the Princess Bride and the Iocane powder in the drink. If you don't know, you'll never know. <laughs> it's the greatest game of all time. I, I, I have a very fuzzy memory of playing Tecmo Bowl. That's I know. Is, most people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. We'll get you out of here. <laughs>